Hey guys, this is Chris, and uh, welcome to Out of the Money. This is a kind of a new podcast that I'm starting out, where I talk about current events, stock picks, all that kind of stuff that I go through, and I'll be posting this just so that way you can kind of take a look, maybe take advantage, and hopefully maybe do your own diligence in looking at these certain things, just so that way you can take advantage of your you know, wealth that you accumulate, whether it's in your job whether it's in your passive incomes, whatever the case might be. Um, so I just wanted to kind of go through who I am, what I do. I'm not a financial advisor, so everything I say, you should either take it as a joke or, you know, take it your own way. It, you know, everything that I've come up with, it's, it's insane on what's going on in current events and the opportunities that are out there. You know, it, with news and everything else, it's crazy and what's happening. And so I'm going to jump right in. Um, again, my name's Chris and, uh, huge off. I'm a huge personal finance advocate, uh, huge on becoming high value, uh, where I grew up, where I went to school. I was kind of the student who's in the culture where, Hey, since I'm here, who I am today, it kind of makes me who I am. And after being away from school and relationships, I realized since I have no kids or anything that starts me down, I'm incredibly passionate about saving money and building generational wealth before I take that next step into potentially finding that relationship or whatever the case might be, or, you know, friendships, friend circles, anything like that. And uh, so what I do for a living right now currently is I'm a sales consultant for actually a car dealership. And then I also work as a market analyst. And so I'm constantly on the hunt for what is huge right now in terms of return when it comes to my money making me more money, passive income. Uh, so I do a lot of research and due diligence on certain companies and scour through Reddit, YouTube, you know, you name it, just to kind of see speculations and use my own knowledge of the market to make moves. Otherwise, my main income that I do is sell cars. So I, you know, use this, sell cars, I use my passive income, and I, and I compound that together. You know, and I literally just... I. I'm kind of a hardball. I don't really spend much of my money. I save as much as I can. You know, I I treat myself here and there, but I'm trying my best to limit what I'm doing and, you know, just using the news and everything else and kind of the knowledge to buy certain things, you know, to increase my wealth. And uh, just to kind of take you guys back a little bit um, for the market analysis stuff, um, what I do is I study fundamentals on companies and how they react to news and earnings in all of those different scenarios. This is how I look at things such as free flow cash, you know, the financial statements. I use a lot of Yahoo finance, which helps me out. And uh, the reason I do this is because the research starts in any cause of volatility in a price on the market. I love when it comes to equities in the stock market, since I love to scalp options in bigger st stocks. And the reason for that is when you do that, you make much more of a profit when you use these options, which is why I named this whole out of the money, <laughs> you know, YOLO going in deep. But a lot of these potential companies and research that I do, I do fundamentals. And then from there, I take the fundamentals and I apply it to TA. And that TA, based on the fundamentals of what's going on, can really show you what stocks are booming and why and why are they moving that way and then from there people can use ta based on the fundamentals and that's how you should be trading 
I see a lot of these gurus online talk about, oh, look at this stock, higher highs, higher lows, or look at this ascending wedge. At the end of the day, you have to understand why it does that. What are the fundamentals? You know, do you like the company? You know, do you do all that kind of stuff? And that's why I think it's super important to do the fundamentals first. Make sure you learn that. Otherwise, there's there, there's really no reason to learn all the technicals. Like, yes, you could trade technicals right away and never even worry about fundamentals, but when you're investing, you need to understand this. Um, now, what I'm going to do is dive in deeper into this in upcoming podcasts and vocab and all that kind of stuff. But for the basics right now, the best things, most investors that are newer invest in index funds or anything that will pay you a yield for holding on to those securities. Um, I know a quote that I read from Kevin O'Leary is, why do people invest in companies? Because they want to see them return a yield over time. And when you get a yield over time, you're getting paid for holding on to that, which is another passive income on top of it potentially going up. You know, you've got Microsoft, Apple, you know, they all pay you a certain yield to hold on to their stock. They pay you a certain percentage and usually it goes up because it's tech. Um, <laughs> the biggest market caps down the line. And so, as I was just saying, you know, say you look at Apple. It's a great stock to hold because it's the highest market cap company at a worth of $2.2 trillion roughly at the time I'm making this. The next runner up is Microsoft, you know, at $1.9 trillion. You know, and you take the numbers of shares times the price of what shares are there, and that's how you get the market cap of the stock. And that's, you know, kind of where, you know, you put your money in. That's how much they think it would be worth. Um, and holding these bigger companies, they go up in value and they also pay you a yield just to hold on to it. So, and then back to index funds as well, it's nice to have these because the professionals will allocate these stocks based on what will do well and then they'll sub out whatever and then you just pay a little bit of a fee, but you have professionals doing this and you never have to look at it. So you're getting a constant percentage up, which is great. You know, you're protecting your investments. You're not just letting it sit in a savings account which is awesome. You know, it can be anywhere from seven to 12%. And then once rates go up, obviously, you know, does this yield of ROI pertain to say, I put my money into CDs or what is a bank paying me to hold money into the bank? There, there's so many things you can do with your money to make sure that you're getting the best deal possible and raising your money. Um, so yeah, two things I do is sales too. I, I can kind of go into that too. Um, so the one thing I learned in sales is what should I say, you know, especially in consumer sales is that you're, you're pretty much getting paid to make friends. One of my best friends back from high school told me that, you know, basically what you do for a living, Chris, is you, you get paid to make friends and you, you build rapport and relationships with these people and figure out why they're looking for products or why they're there. So I see a lot of people say come to me and they and I ask them you know what are you looking for let's do this you know follow a certain process depending on what you're selling because if you don't follow the process it's hard to stay consistent you know and to effectively become a great salesperson you know and if everybody did this why would we even have salespeople you know you just order something online or minimum wage workers do whatever and you just click a box you know you you have being a salesperson is your job to market and reach out to a core audience to increase traffic. 
And one of the best things about a sales position and back to rapport and relationship building, if done right, it is so easy to ask referrals, reviews, and then this can increase your online traffic. So like reviews on Google or Facebook or anything at all, you know, depending on what you do, where you're at. And when it comes down to sales, you know, or in the business to business world, we call it testimonials. I've done this before where I would reach out to my salespeople to reach out to these bigger companies when I worked in a business to business environment is, Hey, could we get a review or a testimonial? Because then you can use that as say, you know, for a salesperson as a pitch, you know, and using that as, you know, how do you know us? Why should we buy your product? What will it benefit for us? And so like, say if I was selling software to somebody and they didn't know who I was and I didn't really know the company that I worked for, I would just say, you know, hi, John, how are you today? I got an email saying you'd be potentially be interested in using our software to help you save money and cut back on the back end. Is this correct? 99% of the time, you know, people will just say yes, because obviously that's what they want to do. Because why else would these people be reaching out to me? It, you know, and having that little whispering tone to really get that point across is huge, you know, um, <clears throat> because it puts them in control to put you back in control because you want to have full control. But if you guide them to say the right things to make them think that they're in control by answering your questions, you usually end up winning quite a bit. Um, you know, and then once he says that, yes, you know, you explain how your business uses money in a softer voice, show sincerity, grab their attention with your pitch. You can start with a question that you know most companies are challenged with. And how does your business solve that issue? And then when they say, yes, you're there, you win. You have two out of three yeses. All you got to do now is set up a business meeting and sell the product face to face. You know, the hardest thing in business to business is getting your foot through the door. Once you get your foot through the door, that's the fun part. That's when you've got that meeting, you're going in, you're seeing a business at a whole, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. You know, and selling your product there is easier once you set up that business meeting in a business to business example. Um, you know, and back to say you're not in business to business, you go back to say consumer sales. You know, what is the number one question that everybody asks? It's just funny, and I'm going to give it from my point of view is um, the question, sell me this pen. And if you talk to any new salespeople um, and give them a pen <laughs> and you tell them to sell it to you, a lot of them will say, well, the way it writes is, you know, absolutely amazing. Or they will look at it and look how easy it grips or look how this writes. And it's like, oh my gosh, those, those aren't really the answers. You know, it's a trick question. When a mentor asks, sell me this pen, sell me this chair, sell me this, sell me this, this, this lotion. I don't know. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The original question was sell me this pen. If someone specifically asked me, I would ask, well, John, how long have you been in the market for a pen? You know, why do I ask this question? Or like, since I do car sales, question for open car sales, well, how long have you been in the market for a vehicle? And you get key things here. They, they, they tell you right away, well, I've been looking for three months or, oh, I'm just only three weeks or I just started looking. 
Oh, I love that answer. <laughs> you know, I just started looking or, oh man, I just want to sit in it. Wow. That's amazing. I love that you came in just to sit in these cars. I love it. Um, and the same thing with selling me this pen, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't because you just repeat what they said to give control. And then you take control in the conversation to ask. So you've been in the market for three months for a pen. What kind of pen do you like and what do you use it for? What I'm doing is when you do this, you're qualifying your customers' wants and needs to see what you can do to figure out how to fix these issues in their wants and needs. And back to the question, why they want it. A beginner search person will just hype up the pen with enthusiasm without actually qualifying wants and needs. You know, this is super important. You know, you, you go out there and you just hammer on them and it's like, the best experience is knowing that they need it and then qualifying wants and needs so you can cater that so that way you can build value in a product. Otherwise, you're just hammering on them and you're, you're, you're giving up gross or you're giving up whatever the case might be. Obviously, this isn't the case in all regions, but it's, it's usually the case in mostly 90% of the scenarios. You know, not everybody's going to walk through the door and just say, yes, you're right. Oh, my gosh, I love it. And um, so back to the pen. Sorry, I don't mean to deviate too much. And then as I was saying, and since it doesn't fucking matter, you know, how long they've been in the market or whatever the case might be, you know, so you've been in the market for three months for a pen. What kind of pen do you like and what do you use it for? And then, as I was saying from before, when you ask that question, taking control, answering that, what you're doing is, since you're qualifying the customer, the next reason is that when you do that, now that they're qualified, you can just sell them or not. People will just believe you, since you're a professional. But that's few and far between. And this is kind of the tidbit that I've learned in sales and a little sales training for whoever listens to this podcast, obviously. I don't mean to stumble on what I'm saying, but it's it, it's so simple and straightforward. It's just it it it's crazy on how easy sales actually is, and a lot of people oversimplify the process. A lot of people have good processes, but where I work right now, they've got a great process. It's I don't as a, as salespeople, you don't really do anything, and you know I kind of don't agree with it, but at the same time, it works because they have a whole other department where they have people call and just get people through the door, which is which is a fine business model, it really is, but you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to drive business off of sheer numbers. You know, at the end of the day, you should be building off of sheer relationships and rapport. And I think that's what would build everything much better in a professional setting than say, you know, just pure sheer numbers, you know, but again, it, it's, it's a great method. It, it works. It compared to where I was when I originally started, um, in consumer sales, we were still doing it through a newspaper two years ago. Of course, we're not going to make any money. We're getting old people who buy cars a different way. You know, they don't, they don't know what it's like now. If you can get newer people in to your store to work with you, that's so much better than trying to reach out to people who buy cars differently. And you're not going to make money by giving everything away all the time by setting yourself up because you're not building the relationship. You're not building the rapport. Nobody was shadowing you. Nobody really taught you anything. You know, if there's more training, I think, you know, you can build that rapport and it, it's just an amazing thing. And, 
you know, everybody's got their own process. It all works a certain way. But at the end of the day, that's just what I've learned about sales. And hopefully that helps out <laughs> some of you guys anyways, whoever would listen to this. But um, so what I'll do now is those are just some of the things that I do. Um, and that I, you know, and I love learning. So I'll learn more stuff down on the line case main thing that I'll be doing in this podcast is covering what I will do to get my first million dollars in net worth. And it, it, it obviously it'll be tough. And that's the whole point of this. It's just to kind of, what have I learned? What do I do? I can listen back to this and I've been kind of writing them on. I'm already on 16 minutes. It looks like, I think, yes, 60 minutes, 30 seconds, but it'll be tough since I'm starting with zero since I'm more focused on paying off my debt right now. Um, just because of rates, everything else. And then, you know, even though I have some stuff built up already to make it more realistic, I'm just going to start with zero, you know, since I'm paying off my debt or not zero, I'm going to start where normal people would be. So I'm going to start off, you know, I've got loans on a car. I drive a newer car. Obviously I have federal student loans that I have to pay off still. You know, if Biden can pass this student law, that would be great. That would help out this challenge a lot. But I'm just going to put myself in a normal scenario that almost everybody else is in. And then I'll be doing these podcasts on what things I do and how I spend money and how to get to 1 million as fast as possible for myself. Um, I don't know exactly when I'm going to start it. I got to, you know, cluster up some motivation on my actual job. But <laughs> once I find it, I'll hit it. And then... um the other thing too is I will dive a little bit deeper on market analysis as this will be the big money maker for me as my account starts to grow with all the money that I save because I want to exponentiate the process. You know, obviously say I make, you know, 50K a year and I save all that money, I'm not getting 50K because I'm paying the biggest expense you'll ever pay in your life, which is taxes. And so even if I save 30, we'll say I can get 100K take home per three years, right? Um, damn, that's only 100K. And that's if I spend no money on anything. And then take that times 10. That's 30 years I would have to save up to be a millionaire. Like that's, that's that. Oh my gosh, that's just crazy to think about, you know? But if you use your money the right way, you can compound it and it'll grow way faster. And that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is to help you and whoever's listening to this and myself learn to potentially grow to a milli. Um, and so that pretty much wraps it up for this broadcast. I'm wrapping up to about 20 minutes. I just wanted to kind of reach out, go through that kind of stuff. I kind of stumbled a little bit just because I have a bunch of jumbled up thoughts in there. And yeah, pretty much that's it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Welcome to Out of the Money.